The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. <laughs> all right, Sam, I get a pour. All right. A beautiful beautiful day in sonoma it's a rosé day sun on my back it's going to be about 80 degrees today beautiful blue sky hey everybody welcome to the winemakers i'm john myers with of course as always sam katuri bart hansen and brian casey welcome to our harvest 2023 show wow what's going on guys (laughs) (laughs) it's been a couple weeks is it harvest harvest definitely harvest. you think well it's um the one of the most relaxed harvests we've had in a decade right how's that well relaxed to this point to this point and the next couple of weeks are gonna get great um the pace has been really slow because everything is still not ripe things are ripening really slowly um yields are good but not like you know we're not flooded um, you know, the wine, the, and it, this is just like from the vibe from even, you know, some of the more like worries, worry wart kind of winemakers. And you're like, oh yeah, just let it hang for a few more days. Um, it's just, that's just the vibe. I, I don't know. I, uh, I, th- I think it's interesting because even it, with all the, you know, the weirdness of the weather or maybe because of the weirdness of the weather. Right. right? I mean, there's no doubt that that's going on. And we had, Last week we had what two days where it hit ninety, uh, two or three days, and it was like yeah. upper nineties, yeah. right? Yeah. Over ninety, yeah, yeah. definitely ninety five plus. And um, but then fifty five at night, right? At least that's the way it was over by my house. It was a forty degree swing. Wouldn't uh, Phil say that the plants like that? Oh, it's great. Yeah, the, it builds flavor. Um, builds I mean, character. Builds character. <laughs> there's there's no doubt that those couple days in ninety really change stuff uh, move things faster than anything's moved right in three months right and 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 so if you had stuff that was like ready to be picked but you were waiting then you might have seen it go from like these perfect berries to a little bit of dimpling and whatnot right um or or you're waiting for a little bit of dimpling or you're waiting for a little bit of dimpling I, again just depending on your kind of your your idea of what ripeness is um but that those couple days made a difference um, you know, I haven't talked to anyone that didn't say it spiked a bunch of stuff. Um, so I think people are kind of chasing their tails now. Um, I was supposed to get some grapes today and the crew didn't show up. I mean, they let them know ahead of time, but they didn't show up because they were overworked from the past few days. Right. Um, so it gets pushed off a day. And to me, that just shows that it's starting to pick up. Yeah. Like picking you know, there's a lot more grape trucks on the road. That's all the the um, frequency of San Giacomo trucks on the road is sort of my yeah. <laughs> like my barometer. You know, you've seen these you know those trucks with those big stacks of San Giacomo bins. Yeah, which saw... which it means, but that's the crazy thing. Bart is and, and we're October. We're in the middle of October. They're picking Chardonnay and Pinot Noir in Sonoma Valley right wow. now. Wow. 
It's that's like you know those. Um, Isn't that late August? Oh, it's normal. It's, yeah, we're we're Holy six cow. on some of those things. Probably six weeks behind normal. Uh, you know, uh, those vineyards over there on Arnold Drive that are like Sonoma Cotrere and maybe Lapierre and some of yeah, yeah, yeah. Lapierre and some of um, Durrell. Durrell, yeah, exactly. Rombauer, yeah, those are all those were and they're they're picked now, right? But that was within the last week, right? Um. I talked to um, um, Gustavo Sotelo, mm-hmm. you know, from Scribe, and I forget the name of his brand. Sotelo. Um, Sotelo. Sotelo, yeah. Um, you know, they have their brand I just new bought, winery. I just bought some of their wine from their his new release. His release. Yeah. Um, uh, their Scribe's new facility. Right. Um, saw him over there. Um, he said they were like 75 to 80% done already. Um, but you know that's kind of makes sense with them and you know what their vibe is. But um, it's probably later they, than they've. Hit but that it's probably way later, you know, yeah. in their brand new facility. Um, so, um, yeah, there's no doubt that there's still a lot of grapes to be picked. Yeah. Well, where is Enterprise at this point in time? Um, earlier, I don't know if it was earlier this week or late last week. Somebody said twenty percent. Whoa! Really. Um, and you know, this week was a lot, and tomorrow's going to be huge, but I don't think it gets us to thirty percent, maybe. So when are you expecting the bulk? The next two weeks are going to be insane. Okay, but you're talking about enterprise, not sixteen. Not sixteen. Uh, sixteen six hundreds. Probably about the same place, about twenty percent, ten tons or something. Um, this rosé is delicious. Uh, it is. I need to drink more. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Brian. That's a good comment. It is. It tastes really good this I mean, morning. the minerality on the nose. And yeah. All right. For for reference point, October, today's October 12th. Right. Tomorrow, October 13th, we will pick the Grenache and a little bit of tiny Mavedra from Steel Plow for this wine, um, which is probably, I'd have to go look back at Instagram, <laughs> but it's probably uh, a month later than we did last year. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, um, uh, go for run is, um, three weeks later than I've ever yeah. gotten it. Yeah. And, um, what are you getting from there, Bart? Zen. It's Zen. Zen, Zen, Zen. And, um, and, you know, and, and lazy dog is, you know, uh, even, you know, Morgan picks it a little bit earlier than Steve's last, um, purchasers. Um, but he's a solid three weeks behind. I just saw Bedrock listed in the top ten wines. Um, where was it? Oh, is that the? Um, <clears throat> it was a bunch of friends in there. That was the like Zin blend Eric Asimov article. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah Boss go. Horace was in there. Yeah. Um, Somebody else. Buckland was Buckland on that list. I don't remember. Maybe not be a, the price point. It was like a price it, point it was, blend. It, conversation right um and it was nice press for them marked bedrock yeah um very good thing for friends yeah no the the crazy thing about this harvest john and you know where we're all at is that it's kind of there's like upside downness that we will be picking we're picking rosé at the same time that we're picking zinfandel and we still haven't picked the rossi white 
grapes. We haven't picked the Roussan and the Marsan and the, the Grenache Blanc. Um, and the, the Brian's favorite claret. Um, Ooh. And they're not, and it's like, <laughs> they're not particularly close either. So we're coming into this like place where are we going to be bringing in Cabernet and white Rhones at the same time to the winery? And, and then you, then it really becomes a struggle for tanks. Space. And yeah. so this is going to bottleneck, right? You think totally. is where this is headed. I, think yeah. where this is headed. I, I went and rented two um, small fermenters today. Um, because I won't have any space for anything, and I still am not really sure what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to go find some more because it is all going to bottleneck, um, which I've never had that issue in the past. Right, and I mean, then and then on top of that, that, you make right, and the varieties that you make to right. have them bottleneck is just like right. absurd. They should be way spread out. Right. Like Zin should be done in time for Grenache and Mouvedre. Right, you know, and um, so it, it's going to be interesting. And you know, my my co-seller guys they're all struggling for space also right. you know and and like jamie said his you know he always has at times so he gets two flips on his fermenters and um he's not going to get that this year so yeah it's interesting year for sure well besides the lateness <clears throat> what's it look like i mean how, how it is grape quality well and that's the other thing that's not is heavy but keeping people unstressed is the quality is just like is super high yeah. and everything's really clean even with you know we've had these sort of i, I hate to call them rainstorms but momentary small precipitation events except for um right in the middle of the vintage <laughs> festival right. while i had a group <laughs> of um auction winners from tulsa oklahoma in the middle of muchas piedras and we get a four-hour downpour um We've had these sort of rain events that haven't haven't resulted know, in anything haven't negative. Resulted in anything negative? Knock on knock on wood. Isn't that like, nice? You know, you're out there hunting for botrytis and and you know rot and mold and these things that would be a problem, but they aren't. And I think part of it is we, we I know we've opened up tons of things, taken leaves off to to get a little more less canopy to get lo- yeah. you know a little more air, a little more sun. And that also sort of sets you up for dealing with the rain. And, and fortunately, it hasn't burned us literally because we haven't had any, you know, this heat event. Again, right. quote, air quotes, heat event. Um, yeah, it was supposed to be like 75 all week, and all of a sudden it's hot today. You know? Well, no. Nah, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Right. I mean, that's, and, you know, we're going to have some, we'll get a little north wind, but because we've had this rain, I'm, we're not worried about, you know, the F word. Um well, and and um, it was this morning. It was windy at my house, mm-hmm. but it was it was but not dead totally still at the bottom yeah. or the valley, um, which is kind of interesting. Um, and and just seems like the intensity of the sun isn't as bad as it is. So yeah, it's very exciting. I you know I've got um, one lot of reds is dry and in barrels, um, and then. Yeah. The Ev- Evangelo uh, Carignan. You I am a hipster, <laughs> and and I think it's going to be a really really good hipster wine. What are you going to age that in? Right gonna... now, it's just in sixty gallon barrels. I'm trying to source a old punchin. I had a guy that had a guy, but he fell through. Somebody else got it. So for right now, it's just in a couple. It's in three sixty gallon barrels. I knew a guy who um, knows a guy right. who's yeah. <laughs> and then um, 
so and and you know it was one of those things you know morgan said uh really low um really you know bad health on you know very low ammonias yams um perfect fermentation like you know mm. no stress no nothing it was a little slow to start um, which sounds like a lot of people are saying the same thing, um, but no stress whatsoever. The um, Beltane Sauvignon Blanc, again, kind of low numbers um, as far as... And just cooked right through. And it, and, I mean, it's still fermenting. It's actually taking its dear sweet time, but it smells great. Just moving along, keeps yeah. dropping. So what do you so, have going? All, all so I have years. those two, and then I have the Malbec from Lazy Dog, and um, that's at about halfway through fermentation. And then... Is that and that's Rosé or Red Wine? No, that's red wine. And then um, tomorrow we'll get Zinfandel and Saturday Petite Syrah and Syrah. And then we wait for Cabernet, Grenache, and Mouvedre. Those Petite Syrahs you brought in, tasty. The grapes. Yeah, yeah the you grapes brought the grapes good. in. Yeah. yeah. Supposedly those are popular among the turkey, bird, deer families. Uh -huh. I was okay. chasing turkeys um, out of the Syrah uh, up at uh, Rossi. Rossi today. There was about 20 of them I chased to the fence line. Thank you. Yeah. The world, well, the world appreciates it would, it'd that. Be, thank you would right. be to, yeah, to it'd Sam, be, it'd, it'd be, and then it's it'd Stewart, be Artie. and then it's XYZ. I think, yeah, yeah. It was that way. So. And really, it's thank you if you catch one. Because if you chase them out, they're just going to come right back as soon right, as you leave. Well, <laughs> so when you and catch as I was one, driving, yes. Can you roast them? Wild turkeys. Sure. People people I'm, cook them. People sure. cook them. I've never had one. Supposedly, it's kind of tough and gamey. Uh, you have to do some, like, serious, intense brining to kind of break it down. Um, but it's supposedly delicious. They're pretty lean. You can see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Walk, right, walk across the road, right? <laughs> they are not butterballs. That's for damn sure. <laughs> no, they're made to run. For sure. Born to run. Not really. Yeah, exactly. Not really to fly. Although they do if they have to. Yeah, they, they have a lot of space. They <laughs> yeah. always they always fly when my dogs are after them. They need some takeoff though. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Wonder if they eat truffles. Emergency mode. Yeah. Get the hell out of here mode. So. Mm -hmm. Well, Brian, you have been slammed at the tasting house. I mean, it's been a couple of wild weeks around here. I mean, really, the last time I we got together wasn't it with uh, Catherine Russell? Did we do shows after that? Uh, maybe not. Chris Cherry. Well, he's Grenache on now. Day. So Grenache yeah. Day might have been the last show that I was actually yeah. sat down for. Venom before that, and uh, oh, I just looked on on Facebook. A memory popped up that uh, four years ago we had a big party with uh, Nicole Rollet over at the Fig mm. today. Oh, is that when we did the the brunch show <laughs> yeah. live recording? I wonder how that sounds. <laughs> Fun one to go back and listen to. Well, it's been busy around town, that's for sure. Everything seems to be uh, really cooking. I mean, the restaurants seem to be full. They're having a good time. I, You know, you, you can't find a park, parking spot on the plaza whatsoever. You know, I think the word is out that uh, this is a great time to visit here. Yeah. You know, the weather is perfect. This, yeah, is, I mean, this is is couldn't be more perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, especially this year, it's fun to be in the wineries and go to visit wineries because there's stuff happening, but everybody's got enough time to say hi. Um, right. You know, the word is out. We, we've been talking about this for years. September, October, 
It's the best time. It's the best time, which has always driven me crazy. This is also when they decide to do all the road construction, close all the roads, <laughs> September and October. Well, this is, this is you know, July and August, June are nice summer months, but this is peak tourism season. You know, sure. who, who would think repairing a bridge over Sonoma Creek on Highway 12? It wasn't even Sonoma Creek. It was actually Hooker Creek. Was it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is even like, sm- you know, Hooker Smaller. The you bridge, know what? I, the bridge I, would fit in this tent. I mean, I, I actually... They, did a, they actually did a great job, though. They did. And you know what? And having those people down there... Um, waving people through the um, stop sign at Arnold and Madrone. Madrone was huge. And and I went through it a number of times, and it's daunting when you're at the roundabout and you think, I'm going to be here for an hour. Yeah. It only ends up being five to ten minutes. Five to ten minutes. Our long really national and local nightmare is over. Yeah. yeah. Wait so. till they try and do something with 37. That's going to be the national local nightmare well, I mean, <laughs> it all, and that's the thing is it already is right how, yeah. how much oh, worse can God. they make it that, yeah. that's not going to happen in any of our lifetimes so um you know <laughs> oh man i was going it's, down it's, to nevada the other day and it was backed up literally from the racetrack way past lakeville it just i mean i couldn't believe it i mean the traffic there is just so nasty but yeah i've been talking to a lot of tourists especially at the fig the no. bar at the Fig is like tourist headquarters these days. That's just like your 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 one man Nielsen report on what's going on yes, in the cinema tourism scene. Absolutely, <laughs> I talked to Tim Zahner. We got the Myers report on local tourism. <laughs> the Myers the Myers bar report. <laughs> Thank you. I like that. Yeah, we should. I, I we think should. I might start that. Yeah, that's a that's another t shirt. The Myers bar report. <laughs> Brian. How you doing? Other than eating some cheese, good. No, we've been. You're very quiet today, Brian. We're I'm two days off. I'm waking up, and he's got a library tasting at one thirty. So that'll be fun. Yeah, we've been. What do you got on the library menu right now? Eleven homage à Galay, twelve dos limones syrah, fourteen Oakville Grenache, eleven Estate Zin, and then um, and then sixteen Simon's Cab which is pretty baller right now. Um, I bet. Are you doing anything with Severson anymore? No, unfortunately, that vineyard is sort of ceased production. Um, we now source from the, we call the Charmar Vineyard, which is owned oh, yeah. by the Welsh yeah. family um, around the corner. And there's some Cab, Cab Franc, and Grenache out there. Um, we actually have some new wines out. Um, well, we talked about it a little bit on the the release podcast we have the 2019 charmar we also have a 2019 sonoma valley cabernet which is charmar and the last year of the sievert from the severson vineyard um it's fucking great which is yeah killer yeah should i be drinking my 2010 severson cab magnum right about now mm. is it laid down long enough a couple more years the nine is tasting really good in 750 okay. so okay yeah you got some time john well, tens a year that what do, we drank something 10 recently. The estate's Zinfandel, the 10, I am. and it's gone. We sold it. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is, this vintage, <laughs> you know, 10s and 11s are interesting benchmarks for the 2023 vintage. Kind of the last time we had this much, again, quote unquote, rain events during harvest and that kind of like cool, foggy summer. Um, and those wines are lasting forever. 
maybe they took a minute or two out of the gate to sort of open up. Um, but they're great wines so for aging. What do the both of you think about the rain and why it hasn't been a problem this year? I mean, normally that's the bad, bad word during harvest. Well, I mean, I guess it all depends when the rain comes and how much there is. I mean, we always get a little storm that, you know, doesn't even really settles the dust and that's about it. But these little events have been more than that. I think down here in Sonoma, we've skirted a lot of what Northern right. County and Mendocino have gotten. So we're fortunate that way. And maybe even Napa's gotten more because they're farther inland. And yeah. as it sweeps down, it's just been kind of staying away from us. Um, yeah, we I think be because very we're bottom. buying grapes from very good growers who um, have prepared. done have done the work before. Yeah. And so there's not issues. Um, I think that's what it is. Uh, the other thing is that the the where the way this crop is developed and the health of the crop and the fact that it's not and it hasn't gone through a big heat event that's and, that's and huge melted it and you know beaten up the skins and you know dehydrated things that um you know the berries are 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 still full of juice and and plump and there's no damage to them so this little bit of rain just kind of looks like water off a duck's back literally um the other piece of it is, you know, these we've had these little bits of like wind. We've had nice days afterward um, that you know dried things out. You know, I think that maybe it slowed. You know, those first couple of times and that one over like the vintage festival weekend maybe slowed things down a little bit. But that got wiped away when it hit ninety five last week. Yeah, um, I mean, slowed it down, but didn't again. Remember, after the Vintage Festival rain that day... The sun came out, and it was windy. And it was windy. windy. And so, you know, if it would have stayed wet and damp for two days, and or if the fog would have come in, it would have been one thing. So we've just been very fortunate, I think, in the weather we've gotten. Well, even the rain, it hasn't rained for more than, what, four hours at a time? I mean, off and on, and it's been spitting. So we haven't had, like, two or three days of rain. Right. And I think something Sam says is, you know, everything is just the way the crop came this year and the crop being late. Maybe it's better suited for the later weather. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever seen it this late? Has it ever been later? Um, I mean, I keep thinking about 2018 and how late we were picking but, grapes in 2018. But that was different in that. That, that one that lasted for the year was ever. Right. It and also the, started and the year early. It started earlier and the and the year was perfect like there there was a, a lot tiny of rain event it was right. a huge crop year also right um you know 2011 was late because of the weather um uh 90 no 89 was on the later side again it was a year where there was rain and people you know waited or picked um so well we had no real adverse weather this year at all and the whole county, Napa, too. During the vintage, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. 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 Once it stopped raining. Yeah. Once it stopped, you know, once it stopped raining in, in And the May, snow melted. Right. And the snow melted. <laughs> yeah. No real and adverse the, and weather, the, John. And the dams held. <laughs> and the highways reopened. I mean, but, yeah. I, but, but I also don't think, I also don't think this is not over. They still have, Enterprise still has... 80, 90%, yeah. You know, 75% to pick. Yeah. And and, that, and that's a huge amount. If, and it'll be in the next, and it'll all be in the next three weeks. Right. Because when it is November 1st, or certainly by November 15th, um, 
things are going to be different. Like, I mean, that is one thing. Um, canopies are shutting down. Yeah, you're starting to like yellow the, and red leaves right. out there, yeah. and the, yeah. the the red clay block at at Rossi is like visibly yellow. Right. You know. So that's that, and that's you're seeing that all over the valley. And basically, and you know what that means, John, is that you know once the leaves are yellow and and turning colors, they're not photosynthesizing anymore and building more sugars. So. You know, starting to shut down, and it, what you get to at that point is what you get to. Um, you're not going to push that any further. What's the latest to let let it hang over Napa with their cab? You know, it's the thing is, a lot of Napa cab is already is being picked or is ahead of us because they were m- much warmer this summer than than we are on this side of the Mayacamas. Um So I know you know Oakville is picking you seen stats on that. I mean, can you actually document that? Uh, sure. General, Weather we get, stations. Yeah. I mean, we get more maritime influence here, not just from the coast, but from San Pablo Bay, right? So our yeah. our grapes have longer hang time, build more complexity, um, get warm, get cool, get warm. It's kind of like cool. the Sierra, the Sahara Desert over there. <clears throat> it doesn't it doesn't cool down at night, John, like it does over here. That I think is a big deal too. I wonder why. It's only ten minutes away. Yeah, you get huge mountain twenty five hundred foot mountain range. That blocks that, you know, that Bodega Bay influence. Right. You think about, you know, Sonoma Mountain gets to a couple thousand feet, right? Mm-hmm. But between Sonoma Mountain and the coast, there's nothing but those, like, rolling hills of, yeah, of right. men, you know, of two rock. Sebastopol, yeah. Two Rock, you know, West Marin. Not much at Two Rock. Bodega Bay, there's you know. Two Rocks. Tomales Bay. <laughs> I like Two Rock. Dos, dos Piedras. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that... that Plays a lot, and even on those, you know, we've had a lot of nights. I feel like this summer, and you know, you you guys are sort of almost even more into it than I am, where the fog comes in and just sort of like sits on the Sonoma Mountain Ridge yeah. and pours cool air into. Even if the fog doesn't come in, it pours cool air into the valley. That's not making it to the next, you know, across the next mountain range and into the next valley. Uh, yeah, what, and then also remember that in Napa, you know, their fog comes in where ours rolls over the hill. Theirs has to come in the bay, right? So it has to come in and it's got farther east to go in the bay. And then it's, and then it gets sucked up the valley. But what really is when it's coming in through the bay, what's sucking it through is really it's the Carquina Straits into the Delta. So, you know, they don't get, it's not like a direct line right. for the fog to go up Napa Valley where Carquina Straits, you know, Contra Costa County straight out there mm-hmm. where we get some of that like they do, but we also get it over the hill. Right. And you also, you I mean, know, think the, about it like how far north Calistoga is. Right. And so, you know, even yeah, the sort of like quite narrower, longer valley that is that is Napa Valley that sort of has a little curve to it that isn't as conducive to the fog rolling in the way that, you know, if you sit out at Wantma Strawberries and look up Sonoma Valley, it's basically just this little V that can hold the fog and the cool air in a, in a different way than the Napa Valley can. And then, and then again, the, the way Sonoma Mountain comes into it is that if you think about it from, call it bedrock to... Um, the Beltane Ranch. Right. Um, there's a lot of times where there's fog up the valley till you get to Bedrock, say to Madrone Road, and then there's no fog. And once you get into Kenwood, you have the fog that's coming in through the San Rosa right. Plains. Starting around like Salt and Stone kind of. Right. Yeah. And that's why, you know, it's always talked about how that's a banana belt through there. And that's one of the reasons why, because 
it is more protected. Have you been talking to anybody up north or, or in Paso or Lodi? And how, how are they doing? I mean, I see Jason Haas a lot on, yeah. on uh, social media. Talk to a little bit of the, the Paso crew. We bought some uh, punch-ins from Epic Estates, Jordan Fiorentia down there a, a couple weeks ago. And they were, you know, kind of in the same boat, just getting started. My favorite thing that I've seen on the internet this harvest was Herman's story. Yeah. And, you know, they haven't, they, uh, this was last week, they hadn't picked anything. So they wanted, to, they did a reel on Instagram where they dumped in, um, you know, like ball pit balls, uh, like, yeah. you know, Chuck E. Cheese balls Practicing. into their, uh-huh. into their destemmer hopper sorting table situation. And over the, um, the audio of Allen Iverson's practice um, <laughs> press conference did a little thing where they, you know, they turned the machine on and out of the ball pits they were pulling coarse lights for themselves because that's basically all they're doing down there. Is not not only was it a great comment on the on the as it on its own about this harvest, but the fact that they had that much time to put that together right, and yeah, do all that serious. is because they have nothing else to do right now. <laughs> so if that means anything, I think that, you know, a lot of them are in the same boat. You know, you look at what Morgan's posting about, he's tasting and just starting to bring in his Santa Barbara County Syrah, which, you know, makes up a big part of his Syrah program. Uh, wow. Bedrock. So, Santa Barbara. But see, I don't think that's necessarily that that's much like later. on normal time frame. Right. Right. Well, I mean, it's eight hours south also. That's true. I mean, you know, I mean it's just it's, a, it's just such a different climate down there. Um, different influences, southern, you know. Do they yeah. grow anything in the Big Sur area at all? It's, there's not, there's not a lot of flat land there. No, yeah, you get not. over. You get over, but... You know, if you get over the hill from Big Sur, you're talking like basically you're in the Santa Lucia Highlands. So the, a lot of that. Well, like, and in between there is Carmel Valley. Right. And there's definitely vineyards up in Carmel Valley. Um, I think you got to get off the coast. Yeah. A, for to find flat land. Um, there's also not a lot of water in Big Sur. Right. I mean, you know, it's affected by big water events and rain events and stuff. But, you know, if you probably go to drill a well in Big Sur, <laughs> you're screwed. Yeah. Um, so you know you get you get inland from that, and there's a lot of you know. Water. Speaking of of uh, drilling wells, have you seen this uh, salt water uh, in Louisiana coming in and threatening everybody's drinking water in New Orleans, et cetera? I mean, it's not good. Same things happening in Sonoma Valley. Yeah, salt water, salt water up well, to yeah Napa to Road, the, basically, uh, in in wells in the south end of the valley coming out from that's the That's one of the things that's kept that area from being developed more than it has you know well i think brian you told me that when we went to truchard with a bunch of folks from the fig one time you were saying that they had to uh claim all the rainwater into their reservoirs because every time they drilled a hole it came back with really high salinity and they're in that weird spot right too in between sort of Sonoma and Napa right in between yeah um, like on the earthquake line <laughs> yeah I mean you wouldn't think that area there would be as bad but um it's certainly bad yeah yeah well it's interesting I mean like New Orleans is about to lose their drinking water <clears throat> you know so it comes from Mississippi Although I'd hate to be drinking that shit anyway, man. It's not like, enough what's up? Uh, not enough filtration in the world. No, 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 no. Oh my God. God. 
Oh, man. Well, what's next? Well, this is episode... Um, yeah, let's talk about that. 298. 298. So we I... want to have everybody call in and get listener comments. Well, I mean, not everybody, well, but some people. Everybody we can get a question from. Yeah, and we'll... Talk. And so we're going to do something special for episode 300. That's... Five special five, for us. Five you plus may not years. think it's special. No, it's three hundred episodes. Well, special yeah. for us. You mean technologically challenging <laughs> and requires pre planning? Yes, that's special for us. <laughs> um but we're gonna call it like a listener appreciation sort of episode. That's perfect. So we'll get some call ins. We'll, you know, we gotta set up the equipment and, and test that out. Uh but we'll also just stay tuned to our social medias, the winemakers pod and, and all of our personal accounts. Um, instead of you, us, you asking us questions like we've done before, um, we want to ask you some questions. We want to ask, uh, about some wines that you've discovered through listening to the show over the last 299 episodes, uh, places that you've visited people that you've met who are other listeners, things that you've learned, God forbid that are uh, <laughs> things that you learned that were true, things you learned that turned out not to be true. Right. Call us on right. things us that on we said that weren't true. Bullshit. Do you think the earth is flat? That's always a question out there. I'm sure Brian has some theories. <laughs> on the flat? Refer to Kyrie. <laughs> what? Refer to Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, basketball players know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, sure. I see Isabel is coming back, right? Isabel will be back uh, in November, November, which is probably right around the time that we'll be picking uh, Grenache for Audi Tet, um, which is perfect. She'll be here while we do our, you know, extended intensive winemaking processes for the for the Oakville and the Rossi Audi Tet Reds. Um, Does that mean they're done in France? I think that as of when we talked to her earlier this week or last week, they were pretty much wrapped up. M- really early harvest there challenging harvests all over europe it sounds like um well, I don't know that exactly was my next the, question what the challenges are but i've heard it's been tough sort of you know different problems different places um well the climate change is the one issue that i see in how people are literally struggling to figure out what the hell to do because it is getting very intense in france yeah in, in bordeaux is like what the hell's next man yeah i think that's the you know heads on swivels yeah um so, um, how are they going to be dealing with this? I think that's a really interesting question we should ask Isabel okay. when, well, I, I when mean, we I, get her on. I, I don't think, you know, they're so regulated. And we talked, we talked about that. Yeah, I mean, but but they're so, it's so highly regulated. Know, it's climate, so traditional. Climate, though, is is different. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Climate is unregulated. I, I, so I, I got it. I remember the question is, to, is, will they will they change? What do you mean? You know, over, I mean, we talked about regulated. it one time. It's like, you know, will they let them plant something else in Burgundy? Right. Or Charles Beeler talking about not being able to water the right. Movedra in Bandol. Right. Um, I mean, they're just going to have to come up with new solutions well, or buy land in the Himalayas. Uh, <laughs> right. Who was it that told us that? What's that? You guys remember that? that Someone. Someone for it was like the largest wine corporation in the world bought a bunch of land three thousand feet up in the Himalayas, and they're going to plant grapes. I mean, so a new AVA. Well, it would be a um, Nepalese viticultural area. It'd be an NVA, John. 
Okay. Or maybe a... <laughs> All right. If you want to get in trouble with the Chinese, call it a Tibetan viticulture. Ooh, oh, there you go. <laughs> how's everything Sarah looking... on the Tibetan uh, Plateau. Right. How's right. everything looking at uh, Monterosso? everything. Yeah. Um, you know, I, all I know of Monterosso really is following along with Brene's Instagram account. Right. Uh, which is a uh, constant source for entertainment and, and enlightenment. Oh, yeah. Um, including and the, and the D Wade show, right? Most importantly, Dwayne Wade out there picking grapes with his with his posse. You know, with George Walker, friend of the program, his chef uh, Richard Ingram was out there. His cousins with uh, with Brene's man, um, King's dad. Um, so it looks like they're having fun, but also, you know, I think she's weeks behind her normal schedule. And you know they they were trying to pick in these you know a couple of these little rain events and canceled night picks, um, you know because they'll do it's a, such a, there's so much fruit out there so many vine you know so much acreage they do fifty sixty ton night picks yeah all by hand it's just like an insane I couldn't even imagine um, but we, then when you postpone what, those then it like becomes even more of a problem out of will you guys talk about night picks because I have people in the tasting room all the time that ask me about that and. You know, I know when you're doing a lot of stuff by hand, like the Enterprise Vineyard crew, like if you're getting out there at night and you have the big floodlights, like it creates shadows. Like there's there's some dangerous stuff. Do you think the reason people pick at night is because they can get another, basically get another shift out of a crew that's going to be busy during the day? Or do you think people actually think that it makes a huge difference to get your fruit in three degrees colder well, it's more than three degrees if it's done correctly. Okay. So and 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 it's so picking at night for the sake of picking at night is not the right reason to do it. I'll, let me give Mike just quick, okay. and then you can give the grape growers can... perspective. If you're not doing it and the grapes aren't cool, then what's the point of doing it? And then I see that I think you don't get as selective as picking when a night pick. You get a lot more leaves in the bins. Um, harder to pick out the botrytis you 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 know something looks like a solid bunch of grapes and the bottom half is all raisins so anyway Sam, what about optical you? sorting catch that stuff i mean if you have an optical sorter sure yeah. okay <laughs> you have a million dollars to yeah. okay your, all right on your production line mm-hmm. um and, how and, about human sorting <laughs> yeah we, we do a lot of human sorting um ai sorting ai sorting <laughs> We'll see. I, you know, those weird AI hands with like 17 fingers might be really good at pulling jacks on the jack table or something. Um, I believe that the night picking trend began before a labor law change in California, which was that essentially outdoor labor didn't get paid overtime on a day rate overtime, like you go over eight hours. But indoor, meaning like cellar workers, winery workers, would get paid overtime. And as a result, the strategy was pick at night, be able to deliver the fruit to the winery as the winery's open, and and cut down on overtime hours in the winery hmm. by having that eight-hour day start when the fruit arrives right. early in the morning. And, Brian, I think you're going to have to make something up and tell a nice story. Well, no, and then and then the other thing is is that Sam's exactly right because especially with white grapes, so white grapes are more susceptible to the heat, right? Right. So delivering cold fruit first thing in the morning is is really ideal. 
Yeah. Um, also, it takes a lot longer to process white grapes. Why? You know, in the Why? because the press cycle when you, you fill the press and then you squeeze it, run it, and there's a few hours and then you empty it and then you do it again. Right. And there's, and there's a lot of standing around waiting. And and it's one thing if you're a large winery and you have three presses and they're all running kind of at the same time where one's end, ending while you're filling the other, that's great. But when you work at small wineries like a lot of us do and you share presses with other wineries, um, you could be there for hours just waiting to get your fruit processed. So again, if it's cold, better that it sits cold um, while it's waiting. Phil, <laughs> Phil just showed up. And then... <laughs> And, and yelling at us yeah. from the car, and and yelling at his wife, who's right, almost acknowledged him. Nah, she waved. Um, and and so it just it it makes sense in that in that in case. That case. Um, you need my, to call him over. I want to talk to him. Well, we'll see if he. Yeah, yeah, his, see if his, his mobility is oh, understood is I'll increasing, call. but not all the way there. Um. Um, Bart, wait, or Brian, wait, wait, or goodbye. Who's that? Paul is leaving on a golf trip uh, for a couple of days. Of, nice. Where he's going? I don't care. Where I'm so fucking jealous. I'm in the middle. I haven't played <laughs> golf in a month. I'm in the middle of harvest. He's going on a three day golf bender. I mean, trip. Um, no. Junk it. He'll have a, he'll have a great time and, we, and we much those. deserved a couple of days off for for Paul. Um, but I'm totally jealous. Um, the the night pick thing. Back to the night pick thing though. Um, it still, to me, doesn't make a ton of sense, right? Because you're not actually starting the pick at the coldest part of the night. Midnight that was is my not point, right. Mid, right. Midnight is not the coldest time of the night. The coldest time of the night is just before sunup, right? So you know, Enterprise does do. We have full night pick equipment, uh, but you know, when we do that, we like to start at five, go from five to seven, five to eight. And that's when the the air is the coldest, the fruit is the coldest. If it has to go and sit yeah. at the winery on on the crush pad for a few hours, waiting for you know press space or waiting to get processed, it's starting colder at that point. Um, because if it's ninety degrees, if the fruit's ninety degrees at five o'clock when the sun goes down, it's still eighty it's, degrees. It's still at 9 eighty degrees when they're starting to pick it. Yeah, right. So that makes no sense. Um, so you know, I, I think I, I don't know. I think maybe people have sort of gotten just hooked on the night pick concept. I guess, yeah. I mean, I always it's thought like that, that was kind of... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it was also... That's what people it, ask it, me about. It was when it was first starting, don't forget, they also said it was about for the pickers because they liked to pick at night because it was cooler. And that was another selling point of it. Yeah, that sounds um, like something in, that... Uh, somebody said about people that don't speak English and couldn't say it for themselves. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> we're couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't contradict it for themselves. So, so Sam, yeah. again, uh, that was, it's, that was things that were published when night picking became thing, popular, which right? Was, what, in the last like 20 years or so, right? Even less than that. Yeah. I mean, has it been even 10 years, you yeah. know, I think well, people use it like in their advertising and social media stuff. Like oh, it looks night great. Picks, uh, yeah. Like it's, you, you know, got, you like know, it's a, all the shiny vests and the headlamps and the big, you know, the big wing light things going over the rows. Yeah. Um, and another thing that they do, a lot of it, the night picks, um, are so that you don't see that it's mechanically harvested. So when That's you get exactly. a load in, this is average load. What's it weigh? 
Well, it depends what side the container uh, is. So many, there's so oh, many okay. variables there. So, All right, half and, and the container. processing uh, ability I, I, of the winery. Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to back it down okay. to how much can somebody pick at night? I mean, what's an average? Well, I mean, of a night work. Go ahead. You know. All right. Um, so the, the not a matter of a night. It's a, what can a guy pick in a day? The okay. four, the. Four lugs the the picking pans the picking bins that we use sort of the what industry standard hold? 35 to 40 pounds okay um and you know on a, a fast and crew like on, a, tw- on a 40 feet for one of those you know? kind of, again it, to- it totally depends on the the vineyard the variety yeah. the year um there's been you know you go to old hill on a big year you know and some of it was like you know probably some of it this year where one of those old vines fills a pan and you get 30 pound you know 10 clusters the way three pounds each and you know you're 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 filling that thing up every vine um but say you know 10 minutes they're filling one of these up yeah okay um and which is probably even long it's probably more like five minutes yeah uh, so say five minutes so you're filling oh, these guys w- work fast oh super fast so you're doing you know and guys and gals um 12 an hour so thirty times twelve, three hundred and sixty pounds, right? Um, and they pick for how long? Depends. So you call can do a thousand hours. power. Oh, so call two hours. Okay. Two hours of picking. So each person is going to pick half, half a ton yeah. in an hour and two hours, and you have a ten-person crew. Just keep things. You know, you're going to every so, two hours you're going to pick five I mean, tons. That sounds yeah. about so right. So they move through so, when it's time. They move through and they're done. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. It's, I mean, ain't no dick So during all. during the the height of you know when I was at Kenwood, and at the height of like we we were a big winery, you know the Vinchui's Vineyard crew, the picking crew was a hundred guys, and um, we would sometimes pick a hundred tons in a day, and and but that was all day. That was starting at sunup, and there would be days where they'd finish at three. They'd take a you know a couple breaks and take out a solid lunch, right. um, but it was like each guy picked a ton. And and that was prime picking, and they would fly through that stuff. And it was also a time when it was straight piecemeal payment too. Correct, and it was and it was cordon, right? So I mean, it was perfectly laid out. It was at the height of you know ten tons of the acre, and you just kind of went along and stripped it, you know. Right. Um, but that's a whole different thing. Those guys, those guys work so you're fucking going into hard, those big, hard. Those big two ton gondolas. Yeah, and and you know they worked hard, and and you know there was water and stuff, but. I mean, you know, it, it was brutal. It was brutal. I remember being on Picks John as a kid. I don't know. I mean, what I was doing, it was certainly not a safe place for a small child to be, but uh, at, at the Leveroni properties <laughs> that my dad would run these picks, um, and every picker had a punch card. So you'd fill your bin, yeah. and you'd bring them up to the, to the trailer, and you'd hand a punch card in, and the punch card would get punched, and you'd be holding on to this thing and at the end of the day. Or at the end of the pick, you'd turn your punch card in, and how many punches you got was how much you got paid. So, doing that, you know, like ton a day, intense mega picks was way more a standard practice in those days. Where now, you know, it's there's different pay models and value on quality over quantity, and not just like 
destroying things on your way through. Right. Uh, and that's exactly it. I mean, you're right. I mean, it was it was pick as much as you can. And there was a lot of throw it and slosh it. Right. And, and there was a lot of banter that went on. Like if you weren't if the way they would lay out the rows with 100 guys, you know, you'd be on top of each other. And if you were the slow guy, you heard about it. And and because you're slowing everybody down. Right. And, and, guys, and, and you're taking money games. out of their pockets because right. you're all, you know, all a group, um, you know, so play, that was play through. Yeah. Not, I mean, not even play through. I mean, you want to talk about harassment, um, yeah, certainly you know, not a, a toxic workplace. Yeah, environment. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I think we're in a much better place with the way th- picking is handled now than what it was back in the eighties. So coming back, uh Oh, dog fight. Yeah. No, no. Friendlies. Friendly. Friendly. Incoming friendlies. Um, Coming back from San Luis Obispo uh, a few years back, um, I go past all that Central Valley grape, and it's nothing but grapevines on the right side of the road. Nothing, for as far as you can see. How do they pick? San Benarsari, that's called. I'm sorry? What? San on, on, I, on i5 there uh, on no on 101 oh, on 101 like that sort of the south north of, of Salinas yeah Valley. yeah exactly um I, the, I, a lot of that is machine harvested okay yeah. and at this point most of the grapes in california are machine harvested how does that i mean what does that do to the fruit um well it's a lot better now it's than a lot it better than yeah it's actually know. really cool I mean, it's kind of cool the way they yeah. well, technology is kind of cool the way they do it. I've you know these like sort of rubber fingers that go over the vine in the fruit zone and are sort of like gently popping the berries off the rachis. So like you know when we when I come in there's a bunch right over that you know you go with a knife or some clippers and you cut the bunch off and it has the stem. Right. I mean when you get grapes from it the grocery store, it is a store, legit, legit bunch. It's a legit yeah. bunch with the with the mechanical harvesting. It's just knocking those berries off. So what stems left, are left on the vine. Yeah, the stems are left behind okay. on the vine. Um, and again, it is a lot better than it used to be, but it's still, you know, you're taking you're, everything. You're, <laughs> you're taking everything yeah. and you're breaking the berry. Yeah, that's what I wondered. And and so in a lot of those places, what, one of the things that's happening now, um, especially with some of these big production things and, and more, I think, with white grapes than red grapes, but it's happening also is they're processing it in the field also. Well, so yeah. you're getting, you know, you, How's that? There, you as you're picking with the machine and the, the gondola gets filled, it goes to wherever the staging spot is and they have a mobile crusher and it doesn't need to be stemmed. They're either crushing it and putting it into tanks or pressing it in the vineyard and putting it into tanks and taking it in tank to the winery. That's wild. And, uh, you know, doing their inoculations, adding their sulfur in the vineyard. Because the other problem with the mechanical harvest is because you're breaking these berries, if it's going to sit for four, six, eight hours in the gondolas, there's juice at the bottom that's going to start fermenting and start getting weird. So they're cutting down that time from when it gets, you know, popped off the vine to when it gets processed and and sulfur inoculated. And, you know, the company that makes probably the most used optical sorter makes... Um, mechanical harvesters and there's an option to have that worked into it Um, so yeah the technology is without a doubt but the fact is is that mechanical harvesters still can't pick a lot of the vineyards that fill farms of course yeah right you can't get up there (laughs) they're rolling down the hill could you imagine a like 
Cayman Mechanical Harvester. Right. <laughs> there was yeah, a, a up there. I'm looking over at my mom said no there. There was a a book that my parents used to read me when I was a kid. This is this memory that's triggering right now. And I don't remember. It was like a what was it? it was like a cowboy who had a ranch, but his ranch was like an incredibly steep mountain, and he had bred cows that all had right legs that were longer than the left leg so that they could <laughs> graze in a circle around this this mountain and that's what you would you would need a mechanical harvester that like the right side was way shorter than the left side so you could Camber. go along the go along Camber, the terraces. Yeah. Pico Bill. Pico's Bill or some shit like that. You remember that? Yeah. I'm gonna have to find that. I've told Althea about it. I want to read it to her. So we gotta find that book. Hey since your mom's here, can we ask about olives? Uh, that was my. Because I, re- I remember last year it was November fifth was the harvest date for the, the olives, the which olives. is coming up. And uh, actually, well, you're going to have to do the exact title that she has with the olive board in California. Um, yes. Well, her title here is um, is Coo at Winery sixteen six hundred, which is Chief Olive Oil Officer, C O O O O O O. Um, hi Arden. Hi. Welcome. Well, thanks. <laughs> I I just um, was overhearing your conversation about harvesting, and um, when I first met Phil, we harvested. Um, when I first met him, we got paid by the box. So you got a dollar box. On a huh. really good day, you got thirty boxes. Wow. There you go. Um, you know, bread was. When was this? Bread was a nickel. Bread was. 79 cents a loaf. Um, 1977. And your rent in Sonoma Valley was $20 a month or something, if that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, don't well, think... I, I lived in a shack. Right. But, um... <laughs> Which, these days, where that shack was based on location would be like $10,000 a month with a view of San Francisco Bay and, you know, privacy. Um, land. After that, we picked at what is now Repre. Moon Mountain. It was called Glen Ellen Vineyards at the time, and we got paid by the ton. And you were on a crew, and got paid by the ton. And so we were picking into wooden boxes, and the boxes were really heavy. So, but I was a really fast picker. So I would pick, and I would pull my box into the middle of the row, and the guys would bring me an empty box and haul my box to the bin, and then we got paid by the ton. So that was. And I think that's. Oh, we made way more money picking by the ton than we did by the box. Oh. That, uh, that's all I can tell you. But we, we, you know, we didn't make a lot of money. Let's see all your fingers. I do. Scars? I still. I have a lot of scars. Because you had those little, like, the little hook picking knives. Yeah. Only no, no. Tires. No serrated. You sharpened your knife at lunchtime so that it was really right. sharp. And oh, the guys. I mean, they're sharpening that. knives every second they get because the sharper your knife is, the faster you're picking. That's right. Oh. That's right. Um, do you wear a mesh glove? Steel glove? No, no, we didn't wear anything. I mean, we wore clothes <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> at the end of the day, unless it was a full moon. At the end of the day, you know, anything went. But <laughs> so <laughs> you are. With... You did invite me to. Um... Yeah, absolutely, and I love it. You are with the California Olive. Oil board. I am what no is... longer with oh, okay. the uh, California Olive Oil Council. But you Council. were instrumental in getting. Dated. Yes, I was. I was on the. Um, I was, the first tier of the, olive California Olive Oil Council, 
taste panel when it existed. They now use a uh, a uh, don't say a machine. Somebody else. <laughs> uh, they use they use a taste AI. panel that yeah. um, is uh, they contract out with a taste panel. Huh. That's all I can say. Okay. I don't even know. But who you it were is instrumental in getting the freshness dates or pick dates or used by. I mean, isn't am I wrong on that? No, I, our taste panel um, tasted olive oils. Um, it's a trade organization, California Olive Oil Council, and we tasted olive oils um, of member producers to determine whether the olive oil was vir uh, extra virgin or not. Basically, it was we are a quality control uh, what's, panel. What's the difference there? Extra virgin and virgin. Well, extra virgin is olive oil that has no defects and has a certain chemical um, analysis that meets certain standards. Um, virgin olive oil is olive oil that has not been adulterated. So like flavored olive oil is not virgin olive oil, but virgin olive oil can be uh, defective or faulty in some way. And that's that's uh, really that's the uh, that is the difference. Okay, so obviously you can go to the grocery store and kind of scan and go, okay, that's crap. This is decent. I well, mean, you know, I can't, I I can't truly honestly do that by just looking at a bottle. But I have certain amount of knowledge. Like I always look for the harvest date on a bottle rather than the production date or the bottling date or the use by date because that that could mean anything but you want to you know you want to purchase the freshest oil that's available and um, right now the oil that's on the shelf that's made in California it was harvested in 2022 I got to do a photo shoot um, in uh, Spain um, 25 years ago where they brought in olives and, and pressed them. And it was very cool to do. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and of course, they were right from the farm. Yep. Well, Spain, Spain has more olives than uh, people, probably. Oh, I'm sure. Talk about <laughs> acres and acres and acres and acres. Can you talk about what's going on in olives this year? Yeah. This year, uh, I can I can talk about what's going on in uh, our yeah. orchards. Um, yeah. Um, last year, we had a stellar stellar year the trees were loaded every tree had olives the uh olive fruit fly was um minimal fruit fly damage was minimal this year and i attribute it to weather um we had a really hot summer last summer we had a freezing cold winter so the olive fruit fly really has been mitigated as at least in the in the orchards that I've been looking at, um, there aren't as many olives. So you know the the olive uh, ha harvest or the uh, the bearing of the fruit on the trees is cyclical, and usually it'll have a really big year and then a not so big year. So we're in a not so big year cycle in our orchards. In a non in a non big year, is there more intensity? No. No, it just has to do with the amount of olives yeah, on the trees. I mean, we have some. Not necessarily, but because intensity has to do with variety more than anything else. Arden, I was up at your place one time, and 
all of the olive trees had this really cool silvery look to them. <laughs> what do you? John, I didn't know John was <laughs> so um in years past and and this year also we um have used a, a product called surround which is basically a what are they what is that it's like a clay, i think it's like a clay and um we spray the trees and the olives when the pits begin to develop to um trick the olive fly into thinking that the fruit isn't good enough to lay your eggs in uh, you know, in a really bad fly year, it kind of works. But, you know, right now we don't have a lot of fruit fly out there. So, good. Yeah. Good. I mean, we've got an olive tree that somebody let grow. Obviously, it's like five stories tall in the back of our house. And all it does is drop fruit and the, and the dogs eat it. But, you know, I mean. That's where I'm, the fruit I, flies live. I, exactly. That's what I was going to say. That's where you the know? fruit flies live. Uh, That's know. why, you know, in the springtime when the olives are going into flower you see the snow mission gardens send out a blast email spray your trees to non-fruit because if you don't spray your trees to non-fruit and you're not planning on harvesting them the fruit fly is gonna multiply in your trees and well you know every time we go to the farmer's market and bring anything home they're fruit flies it's a different fruit fly it's a different is it okay oh yeah it's it's definitely a specific fly that lays their egg in olives olives and then the egg turns into this larva and the larva eats through the olive and basically rots it from the inside out and then you get horrible tasting olive oil i imagine <laughs> it's like eating the worm at the bottom of the tequila bottle so but even the, worse yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least the worm's got tequila around it um so in short good quality low yield olive harvest to be expected is it is it late like everything else is it you know, are we going to be picking the olives later this year oh than you usual? know i've been looking at our trees and and the olives are beginning to to color up you know so yeah you know usually we don't pick until the first of november i suspect it won't be until thanksgiving okay. and you know hopefully okay. we won't have a freeze in between now and then right. and that would really ruin the olives so you know we're we're playing cat and mouse with yeah. with the weather as we are with the grape harvest right. and the tomatoes and everything else this year. <laughs> right, I have like a half a dozen green tomatoes hanging on my man. Plant. We've had I think just it, a bumper crop this year. It's I think been I'm gonna amazing. Fry them in some gluten free flour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Time for fried green tomatoes. They're not gonna get ripe. <laughs> yeah. And I see Alice. Everybody's here today. It's a family man. affair. Yeah. Family business. I like it. I mean, you have to keep your head on a swivel at all times because you never know who's around the and corner. And did you see our harvest pictures from our 16600 harvest? That was a blast. Yeah, I did. It looked like fun. Three generations on the Yeah, on, that was really the, uh, great trailer photo, pulling yeah. leaves. Yeah. Nobody's missing any toes or fingers. <laughs> uh, Hudson, at, at age seven, had, had a pair of you know uh, scissors in his hands picking grapes with with Juan Oliveras, who's 
you know, probably the fastest picker in in the company. These others probably he's maybe slowed down a little bit now that he's a manager and drives around in a truck all day. But um, <laughs> if he said that, he'd go fa- if I if he heard me say that, he'd go faster. But uh, Hudson was keeping up, learning how to pick from the best. It was pretty cool. Yeah, he was learning to um, pick more than one cluster at a time. Right, hold on. Wow. To, yeah. So he was like holding like two and three right. clusters. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, you got two, and Hudson's like, no, nah, man, there's three here. Child labor <laughs> laws, Sam. Just. They're not getting paid, John. It doesn't matter. There's a, there's no breaking of any laws. What's coming up for the holidays? It's Arden? a volunteer. I mean, you got big service. plans for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm. Are you even thinking about it? We're thinking, have folks we're over thinking for... about. It. We're not going anywhere. We're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. We're, uh, C- cook a wild didn't we, turkey. Didn't we from cancel Kenwood? our harvest, our, our Thanksgiving plans? Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna be. We're gonna be pressing Grenache for Thanksgiving. Grenache instead of turkey. Yeah. Well, Grenache with your turkey. I'll bring I'll bring you some, Sam. Well, Grenache yeah. Nouveau will bring you some, John. Grenache cool. with the stuffing, how it has like sage and perfect uh, yeah. and, and cornbread stuffing. I mean, yeah. come on. I'm with it. Yeah. Seriously. Love Thanksgiving, man. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, you know, it, it is a cool time. You know, you get with family, you have a good time. And, you know, there's nobody completely dysfunctional in our family so we don't have our if you think there's nobody dysfunctional in your family then you're the one you're the one john (laughs) none of them are saying that (laughs) right well you're probably right (laughs) what can i say hopefully we'll have some new olive oil yeah Thanksgiving. Uh, you know what? Uh, we went from saving your olive oil for special occasions and then to using it all the time. Oh, you have to use it right away. Oh, really? Oh, I mean, the sooner the better. But it doesn't, olive oil doesn't get better with age. You know. You're Well, and you want to make sure that you, the olive oil you buy is in a dark green bottle or in a tin. And again, you know, harvest date is very important. And uh, yeah, it's like, you know, fresh juice. You don't want to drink old orange juice. You don't want to use old olive oil. <laughs> no. Um, n- new news to me. So I, I'll, but like I say, we use it for everything now. So yeah. it's you know, we're, it's a constant uh, educational process with our customers who buy the olive oil because, yeah, you know, it's, it is, it's not inexpensive. And it comes in these small bottles and we don't make very much of it. You know, on a last year's bumper crop, we sold out in June. This year's light crop will probably be sold out in March. Um, so people and they buy wine from us that, you know, like your bottle of 2010, you know, Severson Cabernet and Magnum that you want to hold on to. So people, they bring home a bottle of 16600 olive oil and they have that same mindset of like holding on to it for a special yeah. occasion yeah. where uh, and it's totally the opposite of the wine. Okay. The moment you get it home, <laughs> you have to use it to really like get the most out of it. Uh, and the longer it sits on your well, kitchen counter, the worse it's getting. Especially after it's been opened, because then it's exposed to oxygen, which yeah, oxidizes right. it, and yeah. you know, then becomes well, rancid more. That quickly. happens to every bottle. I mean, regardless, you've got a big bottle of olive oil. Don't buy a big bottle. Yeah. Bingo. Or unless you use a lot of it. Like, well, like you we know, the, the cool thing is everybody. There are a lot of really good brands of olive oil produced right here in California that aren't super, super expensive that you can, you know, buy a 750 or a 500 milliliter and 
pour that out. And well, Sam, you it. gave me like a half gallon last year of some great olive oil. I mean, but. I did. Was well, it one I, of the shiners? Maybe. <laughs> no. It was, it we was, did. We did some into magnums. Some, some like at the like the end of the bottle. No, we just, th- this was somebody else. This was somebody else's. Yeah, I think okay. I think you regifted it, but it's all cool. Okay. I we used I regifted it. it. We we sounds about right. So if you gave me olive oil and you're listening, <laughs> thank you. We loved it very much. Well, Please key, do it again. The key is everybody gives wine for Christmas and takes wine. We give olive oil. We send olive oil. Well, and it's also over. it's the season, right? You know, this is when the holidays is when the olive oil is in and fresh and at its best. You know, the Oleo Nuovo phenomenon. Um, you know, from the, this year it'll be you know, it'll be between between Thanksgiving and and New Year's is when you will have the opportunity to experience the freshest, most intense flavored most amazing flavors of olive oil that you're that you're ever going to get well i'm glad you said that i mean i learned something today so that's good yeah hopefully everybody use else it. does too yeah use it buy more and use then while, buy more while you buy can wine. yeah while you can because it'll be gone quick yeah. man your library tasting uh menu wasn't that fun incredible I think that you know wow brian's excuse to get to taste all the old wine well but it is it's something you can book it on our website um Look at that plug. Um, you book it on the website. You can call and book it. Um, and Brian is, you know, constantly playing with that menu. And, you know, as we have, you know, there's and there's not a ton of those wines left. So, you know, Coravin them. You can buy a couple bottles. And then when they're gone or they get to the point where I don't want to do it anymore because I want to hold on to something, um, we move on to, you know, change the menu up. So, you know, we do a couple of them a week. It's fun. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Any shout outs? We we do have an event coming. And uh, our vinyl Sunday pay. harvest party, uh, October twenty second. A little bit later than normal, three we, to three to six. Uh, as opposed to two to five because the band is David Gans and his Doom band oh, yeah. Critical Envelopes, That's which be is awesome. a deep uh, a deep cut uh, Grateful Dead reference to critical envelopment. Um which is like a old weird jam they did in the sixties. Um, critical envelopes, and before the sh- the party, he will broadcast his um, Sirius XM cool uh, radio shows Saturday. You know Saturday That's afternoon great. radio show Tales from the Golden Road. So he'll do that from here. So you can even if you can't make it on October twenty second to the Tasting House for for Final Sunday, you can listen in, and you know we'll probably. Um, it's only on Prop Sirius. Fill up in front of a microphone, uh, and 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 you know he'll get to he'll do some interviews live and you know talk about shows and music and wine and the whole thing, um, and then David will also, assuming all the technology works, basically since COVID started, he has done a small you know short set of of live streamed songs every afternoon. Like every single day, whether he's at home, whether he's in a hotel room in Wichita, Kansas, about to go do a gig, he'll do, you know, five or six shows, uh, songs starting at like three o'clock in the afternoon. So we will, assuming again, knock on wood, the technology all works, um, live stream and this his is show. What, October 22nd? October 22nd, Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Perfect. Um, Costa's Tacos coming, doing some tacos. I think it'll actually be sort of a truncated version of Brian's tasting library tasting menu. Will be some of the wines we're gonna pour. Pour some old wine. Celebrate this harvest. Yum. It's been a great harvest. It won't be over. In fact, it'll probably be the most fucking increase, insane time of the harvest. Uh, 
right then in the middle of it, but uh, you know. That's and right. David has a new book out. Hopefully oh, that's right. He'll be bringing his book uh, to sign for people his, who want to purchase. Yeah, his book is. Um, I'm forgetting right now. But Obviously, on the Grateful Dead. Yes, it's it has a beautiful cover. Okay, we'll find out what I look book is. forward to seeing we'll this. Throw it up great. on social media, also. Hey, yeah. I've yeah. got a great stash of books from here. The Dead. Yeah. Stanley. Yeah. You know, both signed. Yeah. Great. So I'm, I'm looking forward. You know, to this. you got to mix in a little literature and a little art and a little uh, music with your wine. You know, some good food. Perfect. That's what we do. Sir Bart, anything? Your shout um, I do have a uh, shout out uh, wine club uh, members. Thank you very much for all of your orders. Uh, wines are going to start going out on Monday um, with your piece of amphora in package. Excellent. Did Travis Barkley, who on social media, did somebody take a shard of amphora and use it to make a needle to play records with? Or is that just like somebody making no, a joke? No, that was someone who was making a joke oh. that that would be something that he's going to do with his shard of amphora and i told him it's i would send him a piece of obsidian from rossi and he could use one of those yeah also. that might be a little more effective right yeah. um and then um new wines are all up on the website for those of you who aren't club members but what are you doing um, with your life if you aren't i mean with the discount you should be uh, a wine club member um and so those are all available so please uh uh sign up or uh, order away and then um, I'm doing a winemaker dinner at the Glen Ellen Star Ooh, nice. on November 21st. God, Tickets will probably good. be on sale in about a week or so. Um, so keep your eyes open for that. More information about that. Gotta online. love the star. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you see the big article about Mike Benziger in the paper the other day about late, late harvest, late harvest, be cannabis. beautiful buds? It's the same thing. <laughs> you know, the, those warm days and cool nights that that build our flavors. Uh, improvised Lives, David Gaines's book, Improvised Lives, Grateful Dead, 1972 to 1985, which would be sort of his peak era of being a follower before he became the Grateful Dead Hour and all that. Um, yeah, the same temperature swings and, and diurnal shift that creates the flavors that we're looking for in grapes and wine builds the crystallization and the trichromes and the pungency and potency of the cannabis crop. So it's good. It good. should be a good, you know, the rain I think has been a little harder on it than, and than the grapes, that's, but that's his strain. La Bamba. La Bamba. So it, it's, it's very interesting. So, you know, Dane, a lot of Dane's friends live in Santa Rosa. So I spend a lot of time driving back and forth from Sonoma to Sonoma, Sonoma to Santa Rosa. And you, you notice a little bit during the day, but really it's at night when you're driving down highway 12, right around um where arnold drive you know where the where the nursery is um the aromatics of the cannabis is unbelievable along there you know what i mean it's by the botanical gardens and for some reason i'll never notice it during the day but at nighttime um it's so profuse going through there and you know my son is now 16 years old and i'm i I know he's thinking the same thing that I'm thinking, <laughs> but we just kind of sit there good. and be quiet and listen to the music. Just turn the music up a little bit and pretend like neither of you were there. Yeah. Well, you know, I wish well, my dad wasn't here. I'd just, be smoking pot right now. I wish my son wasn't here. I'd be smoking pot right now. Seems like there's a common just, ground you guys could find. <laughs> it's just so amazing. Like how aromatic it is right now. Well, you know, right Bart now. in Chicago, it's totally different aromatics. Yeah. Yeah. Believe it's, me. Yeah. And, you know, it's 
scrap recycling and plants belching crap and you know so you know when when i dust off the tables out back i get dirt you know right. soil dirt in chicago you get grime and that's right. it right it's just it's so nice to be out here beautiful all right all you listeners thank yep. you very much uh stay tuned week, for the listener appreciation stuff yes. popping up on social media next week's 299 we'll have someone think about it somebody somebody here, almost worth so you don't have just to listen to us <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks everybody for listening we are indeed the winemakers thanks sam bart yep. brian is on duty arden thank you for so much is for this joining my, us my mom's first appearance on this podcast no, no she was on always bite goes on maybe with Brian and Sandra. Yeah, yeah with Brian. I don't think she's ever sat in here. Well, that's all a good right. thing. Actually, Breaking new right. new ground. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great episode, too. I wasn't, but I, um, or maybe I was there listening because I wanted to learn about olive oil. I think I was there. Yeah, it was great. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Subscribe, review, tell your friends. Perfect. <laughs>